Good evening. My name is Ryan Miner, and this is a special episode of A Minor Detail. So today was an interesting day, a very busy day in Washington County. Um, the news started to filter in about 1230. I got received a text message from someone that uh, I can't disclose my source, but a text message at about... 12.30, I'm looking at my phone right now, and it says, 12.59, it says, so, check out the Herald Mail, interesting day in Washington County. So, that, of course, could mean a dozen different things. So, I, I, I rush to my phone, I check out the Herald Mail, and I see something that really, really shocked me. So my first first off, I want to say congratulations to State Senator Christopher Shank, who represents District 2. With the change of leadership and with uh, our new governor being inaugurated, that means that he has to fill an administration. So uh, Governor, or Governor-elect Hogan nominated uh, State Senator Christopher Shank as the new executive director of the governor's office of crime control and prevention. So that creates now a vacancy for his seat. Um, I'm reading the Herald Mail article right now, and it said that Governor-elect Larry Hogan announced Shank's appointment at a news conference in Annapolis on Tuesday. And uh, I'd also like to say congratulations to my good friend, uh, Delegate Jeannie Hathaway, who was also appointed to the cabinet, who was David Craig's lieutenant governor when he ran. Um, and it's no secret, I supported David Craig in the primary. David David's a good friend, and I got to know David and Jeannie very well. And I'm very pleased that Jeannie, who represents currently, uh, it, well, won't until tomorrow, um, represents Talbot County, um, the St. Michael's area, which, of course, many of you know, who follow me on Facebook or who friends of mine, we enjoy, Kim and I definitely enjoy going to St. Michael's. Um, so congratulations to Jeannie Hathaway. So back to Senator Shank. Um, Senator Shank will, will, his appointment will take effect on January 21st, uh, the day that uh, Governor-elect Hogan will become Governor Hogan. Um, and just a little bit about this office that Senator Shank was nominated to uh, the Governor's Office of Crime and Prevention, according to the Herald Mail, is dedicated to approving, improving public safety, and it provides access to federal and state grant funds and is involved in strategic planning and analyzing crime statistics, according to the website. Um, and as a senator, uh, Senator Shank, he has been a member of the state uh, Judicial Proceedings Committee, and that is a panel that deals directly with public safety issues and bills. And many of what Senator Shank has done in his career uh, in the Maryland General Assembly is focused on criminal justice issues, domestic violence, and privacy. And Senator Shank, when he was first elected in the House of Representatives, uh, or I should say the House of Delegates in Maryland, it was all the way back in 1998, and delegate, when he was delegate, um, Chris Shank was a firebrand of sorts, you could say. He was a, he's a staunchly conservative person, and he has done a very good job of representing this district well. 
in Washington County. And I, I think Chris Shank is the best person to lead this agency. This is a shock to all of us. No one had any idea that this was going to happen. I certainly didn't. Um, but according to the news article um, in the Herald Mail, um, it said that the they had a day's notice about this, and nobody told me, so I'm finding out just like the rest of you. Um, I didn't have an inside source. Nobody came to me and said, hey, this is going to happen. Um, but it did, and this is great news for uh, State Senator Christopher Shank. And I just want to say, uh, let's give a little bit of history of Senator Shank. Um, Se- Delegate Shank, now Senator Shank, ran a, in 2010 against longtime state legislator, State Senator uh, Donald F. Munson, or otherwise known as Don Munson. And I was sort of in tang. If you know your election history, you know your political history in Washington County, you know that I was somewhat entangled in that race. I was recruited by Delegate, excuse me, I was recruited by Senator, former Senator Don Munson to run his campaign all the way back in 2009 when we had met at a Republican picnic and I was uh, talking about some private consulting that I was doing and uh, Senator Munson approached me and we had some conversations and, you know, it, it was sort of just one of those professional decisions. I was new into the game. I was new into politics, Maryland politics, and I was just getting my feet wet. So, you know, you take you take a job that you may not necessarily agree with the person 100% with the issues, but nonetheless, I I did respect Dele- uh, Senator Senator Munson's service in the Maryland State Senate. Uh, many of his positions in my personal politics are antithetical. You can make a case that Senator Senator Munson was somewhat of a very staunch, moderate, go along to get along. He was good friends with Mike Miller. So he ran against, in, 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 in 2009, around the Christmas time, New Year's Day, I can remember that Delegate Shank, then Delegate Shank came and told uh, State Senator Don Munson that he was going to run against him. And that was a very interesting campaign. Um, I was the campaign manager for up until about the end of January. Um, but we departed. Uh, I departed from the campaign. Um, there was some background baggage issues, of course, that many of you know about. And, and so, you know, I, I left the campaign and largely stayed silent. But then over the course of that year in 2010, um, I have to tell you, from the outset, I did not see Senator Shank winning that race. I called it, you know, we were, when I lined up, organ, when I lined up the endorsements for uh, Senator Munson way back in January of 2010, I called John Barr, our county commissioner, who at the time was the president of the Washington County Commissioners. I had talked to uh, Mayor Brucci who was the mayor of Hagerstown at the time, and Congressman Roscoe Bartlett. I had talked to his office, and they had scheduled a an interview, a, a, an endorsement. So all three of these endorsements dropped the same day that Shank, uh, Senator Shank, had run, uh, had announced his campaign officially. It was, I think, January 9th or 10th in 2010. So it was kind of interesting to see the Herald Mail, the juxtaposition with Senator Munson on one side, I, I, I think the headline said, Shank runs, Munson endorsed. Um, and that was an interesting campaign throughout the entire process. Um, 
Senator Munson, uh, I don't want to go too much into detail because I don't want to rehash that, but he turned out not to be the person that I expected him to be. Um, you know, and since losing, uh, I, I kind of feel bad for Don because he's really kind of gone off the deep end. And I hate saying that, but it's true. Anybody who's come into contact with him, although he is a city councilman who was elected in 2012, but he's never seemed to got he, he's never seemed to fully get over the fact that he had lost to Senator Shank, and those two were friction. Senator Munson vehemently disliked Senator Shank at the time. Uh, and probably still to this day. And you know, I when I saw Don uh, at the Western Maryland Blues Fest in 2013 June, you know, he was still going on and on and on and on about the race. And you just, you know, I feel bad for the guy. But um, some of his comments have not been exactly above board. And you know, he said some pretty bizarre things. And if you think back to the campaign in 2010, I mean, it was brutal. Um, Delegate then Delegate Shank, now Senator Shank, um, talked about Senator Munson's record. He went on and talked about his immigration, support with Casa de Maryland. Uh, he went on to talk about a lot of different things. Uh, speed cameras is, is a big pet peeve of mine. And Senator Shank ran a traditional conservative primary campaign. And in the primary in September, when it was in September in 2010, I mean, Senator Shang wiped the floor with Senator Munson. I mean, he beat him by, all, I think it was 20 points. And so forever then, history goes. Um, and, you know, that's something that I don't think Don Munson has ever fully recovered from. And if you remember, Don actually decided about a week out from the general election that he was going to run a writing campaign. And he did it. And he And he worked with... John Donahue, which was one of his major, major downfalls, is that he was working with John Donahue, who was representing the city of Hagerstown at the time for the last 20-some-odd years, um, part of the Democratic establishment of Annapolis, who's now been beaten by soon-to-be uh, delegate-elect uh, Brett Wilson. And he was Don Munson and John Donahue were collaborating. I mean, I was on these phone calls. I knew what was going on, and it was just flabbergasting to conservatives, to Republicans in Washington County that Don Munson, this conservative, alleged conservative as he called himself, was collaborating with a Democrat at the time, and it just didn't fly. And if you remember, 2010 was the beginning of the Tea Party movement, and it was affecting, it was affecting the entire country. It was permeating itself, and it really hit Washington County. And Don Munson just lost flavor. He was in Annapolis for a long, long time, and he ran a pitiful campaign. And I, I can say that because I'm watching from the outset. Don Munson ran a flawed, a fundamentally flawed campaign. Although he had – he surrounded himself with good people, very good people, friends of mine uh, who donated to him and who believed in him, who encouraged him. He wouldn't listen, and he did not run an effective campaign. Senator Shank did. Uh, his messaging was spot on. Uh, and if you can remember, there was a issue about a debate back in 2010, somewhere around late August, early, I think, September. I'm pretty sure it was late August that 
Don Munson refused to debate Chris Shank. And that was the big news. Don Munson said there is nothing to debate. He would not show up. And I think in actuality, we all know that Don Munson would have been just completely obliterated by Chris Shank because he's a smart, acute, politically minded and politically savvy individual. And that shows. Chris has been doing this for a long time. Um, he in the when he was in the House of Delegates, Chris was the major or the minority leader, um, or maybe the minority whip, majority minority leader. Correct, I can't remember exactly, but he was in leadership, and Chris was a firebrand. He was a conservative. He was not afraid to take on conservative causes in the House of Delegates. And some people believe that that would somehow hurt Washington County. But as you see, over the last four years, when he assumed office back in 2011 and began his term as the state senator, Chris Shank has really taken on these judiciary issues, has really turned a somewhat a libertarian streak, which I can really appreciate as a libertarian myself, um, Chris Shank has really settled into the position, became a fantastic legislature, a legislator, has represented Washington County to the very best of his ability, and has been sort of the grandfatherly um, titular leader of the Republican Party in Washington County. And he has done a fabulous job over the last four years, and I'm really proud of how Chris worked with Democrats, Republicans alike, and passed sensible quality legislation. And if you can remember, Chris really worked hard um, on some domestic violence legislation. He talked – he did a lot of work on passing a law that um, for um, – uh, it was a uh, – the, the justice law in Washington County, which was a big issue. And Chris, Chris Shank – there is no better person than Larry Hogan could have could have picked for a position like this, and I wish Chris well. I wish his family well. I know that he is uh, he's a father of three, and he has a wonderful wife, uh, Cindy. And I am I'm just so happy that he's going to be doing great things for us, and um, I I know that we are in good shape. So that brings us to the topic of tonight's show, and with a vacancy now, the the Republican Central Committee is going to go through a process. And I'm reading the Herald Mail article, and the the article says that um, it, it quoted uh, Central Committee member Liz Jones, who incidentally works for Chris Shank and has for a long time, said uh, said today that a panel um, that the panel has known about the Senate vacancy for about a day or so. And to quote Liz Jones, she said, We are going to be meeting later this week to come up with a plan and a process as to how we are going to advertise and accept applications for the seat. To replace Senator Shank's seat, we are going to turn that over as quickly as we can. And it, the, the article in the Herald-Mail goes on to read that according to the Maryland Constitution, the governor shall appoint a person to fill such a vacancy from a person whose name shall be submitted to him in writing within 30 days after the occurrence of the vacancy by the Central Committee of the Political Party, if any, with which the delegate or senator so vacating had been affiliated. So that means that in this process in Washington County, only a Republican can be selected because Senator Shank is a Republican. So the Democratic Central Central Committee has no play in this. So the Republican Central Committee is now charged with the responsibility of filling a District 2 Senate seat. We've been talking a lot about over the last two or three weeks 
the Central Committee process. We had a I had a show about this last Friday, and it's been interesting to watch how Frederick County and Carroll County has been unfolding, and nobody seems to have gotten this right. Uh, Frederick County has royally, royally, and just astronomically flubbed the central committee process as we talked about the the huff faction in frederick county largely controls that central committee my friend wendy peters who ran in the district four primary had lost and and was the top fourth vote getter and there was many dis discontentment out in the air the sentiment that the Huff crew, the Afzali crew in Frederick County simply ignored the wishes of the people, and it's been a total de- debacle, and the Frederick News Post recently put out an editorial about it, and it's just been one nightmare after the other. And then in Carroll County, um, uh, uh, Senator Joe Getty, similar position, um, is going to be working for the administration, the Hogan administration, and the Carroll County Republican Central Committee it just chose a – the, the replacement that um, some people are happy about, some people aren't. And so all eyes will be on the Washington County Republican Central Committee, which I know a little bit about and we're going to talk about later in this podcast. So let's get to let's get to the vacancy. Um, once the Central Committee process unravels, They'll be they'll start accepting names, and I assume that they're going to put that under the newspaper. They may put a tidbit out on Facebook. I don't know how they're going to advertise it, but it will be public, and people will know. So the central committee will start accepting applications from different people who live in the Senate District Two. Now I should say that District Two is the eastern half of Washington County, and I think the line stops somewhere. In Williamsport, Williamsport used to be part of that Senate district, but now Senator Edwards um, has a huge portion of Williamsport, and that that extends all the way up into Western Washington County, Clear Spring, Hancock. So Senator Shank does not represent any of that territory, um, but he does represent so the city of Hagerstown, Boonesboro, Smithsburg, all of South County, um, Cascade. And Ringgold, uh, you know, all the areas that are east of Williamsport. Um, he represents Halfway, which is a mega, mega district, Black Rock. Um, so those types of neighborhoods. So the, only the people who live inside of that district and who, I should note, have lived there in the district uh, for at least six months. So that means that nobody can – just move into the district conveniently tomorrow and say, well, I, I live in Williamsport or I live in Smithsburg or I live in uh, uh, Clear Spring and uh, you know, I'm going to go rent an apartment up here at Oak Ridge. Nope, you can't do that. Uh, and I don't think the voters would look kindly upon that because this needs to be a totally above-board process. So there's several names that are currently in the mix for this Senate seat, and we – now, I just want to say I am prognosticating. I am postulating, and I have no insider information from any member of the Central Committee. I have not talked to Senator Shank. I did reach out to him today and congratulate him, and he said thank you, and I have no insider information. This is just me, Ryan Miner, 
the host of a minor detail, Washington County resident, speculating totally on the replacement of who the Central Committee could possibly choose. And I don't know how many names the Washington County Republican Central Committee are going to choose. It could be three. It could be five. They do the interview process, and they pick one, one name that they send to Governor Hogan, and that person will likely be the pick. Technically, Governor Hogan, Governor-elect Hogan, he'll be Governor Hogan at the time, can choose to totally ignore the Central Committee and pick his own person. Um, but that really, really happens um, unless it's just a complete flub. Um, so likely whomever the Central Committee chooses in Washington County will be the pick. So the candidates that would come to mind immediately would be Neil Parrott and Andy Serafini. Neil Parrott represents Neil, – Neil and Andy both represent uh, – District 2A, they ran together as a slate last time in 2014, and today I'm reading in the Herald-Mail just as everybody else is that it's, it writes, the among the interested in Shanks Senate seat is Delegate Andrew Serafini, chairman of the Washington County Legislative Delegation. Uh, Andy is quoted in the Herald-Mail today as saying, this has happened all very suddenly. I'm honored to serve in the House of Delegates. If the Central Committee would choose me to go over, I'm excited for that. They both are good opportunities. The next logical choice is Delegate Neil Parrott. Delegate Parrott said Tuesday that he was open to the idea of serving in the Senate, noting that he would decide today if he is interested. Delegate Parrott said that he is talking to people now and seeing what the best decision would be to move forward on that. Um, of course, you know, that's going to be interesting to see what happens between between the two, Delegate Serafini was selected by the Republican Central Committee, uh, largely a different makeup at the time, back in 2007 when Delegate Bob McKee had resigned his seat. Um, we won't go into that, but he had resigned his seat. The Central Committee uh, had several applicants, and they ultimately chose Delegate Serafini. Delegate, Seraf <coughs> Delegate Serafini ran for re-election in 2010, uh, was the top vote-getter, and ran again in 2014, and ran with Neil Parrott and prevailed and is representing District 2A. Um, I know both Andy Serafini and Neil Parrott pretty well. Um, I can't say enough good things about both of them. They both have different strengths. Um, Neil Parrott is a, is a, is a partisan, uh, strong conservative, uh, who believes strongly in social issues, and I think his sign, you, if you remember, his signs say that less taxes, more jobs, less government, something like that, um, which was an effective campaign slogan. And Delegate Andy Serafini is one of the smartest guys in public office. He is a true public servant, and Delegate Serafini, uh, who runs a, a financial consulting company, um, financial planning, uh, very popular in Washington County, um, has a lot of experience in financial issues and has this ability, this very unique ability to work across the aisle. Andy Serafini is one of those guys that once you meet him, you just really like him. And it just seems like everybody really, really likes Andy Serafini. And for that reason, I think he would be an excellent decision, an excellent choice by the Central Committee. Um, Delegate Parrott, uh, of course, is known for his petitions, his referendums, and 
Delegate Parrot has a very unique ability to campaign strong. Um, he was probably the most consistently um, seen campaign campaigner in Washington County, somebody who clearly understood the process, understands how to raise money. Um, some of his money came from outside of Washington County, but Senator uh, – I should say that Delegate Parrott, um, he understands the campaign process. He has a very active group of people who surround him. And if you remember, you go to the polls on Election Day, on Primary Day, his people are out there. His they, Delegate Parrott knows how to knock on a lot of doors. He knows how to do fundraising. He knows how to do events. Um, and I should say that he, he has – Great staff, Carrie Snyder, who has been his uh, longtime aide, clearly understands the campaign processes have been uh, vital to his operation. Um, so these decisions are going to be very tough given that Parrott and Serafini are both interested, and when they both apply, though I, I would assume that the Central Committee will pick a very uh, a strong candidate to replace Senator Shank. Um, you know, some people criticize Delegate Parrott for being outside of the uh, basically political activist and believing that he has made some enemies down in Annapolis, um, that the Democrats don't necessarily want to work with him. And, you know, I don't know what's going to happen with that, but I know that Delegate Parrott is a very passionate man. Um, he's he's a social conservative. He's fiscal conservative. And I think that whatever happens with the Central Committee, I think they're going to have to assess um, Delegate Serafini and Delegate Parrott's strength, um, and they both have very different avenues of strength. And I, I think it's going to be an extraordinarily tough process, but I want to move on to some of the different names. And again, this these names are names that I have assembled. I have no insider knowledge. I Nobody has told me anything, but I'm simply guessing, speculating um analyzing the race and that's just what I do. So looking down the list, you have Liz Jones, who is a current central committee member, lives in just outside of Williamsport, um, has been a longtime aide to Senator Shank, has been involved in uh numerous Republican politics in Washington County. Um so that could be a possibility. Uh Christopher Shank, State Senator Shank will have an enormous influence over the central committee's process i believe um and if you know senator shank could always pick up the phone dial up the central committee members and say this is who i want on the committee and he could very well say anybody um but liz jones um i should also mention uh has been with senator shank a long long time and somebody who is known in the community who has been active in politics knows governor hogan always seems to arrange the events um a nice person uh, she knows politics she knows annapolis so the central committee could reasonably and logically consider liz um somebody who i believe would be a very interesting choice uh but a very pragmatic and uh consensus choice would be brian fluke who is owner and ceo of power marketing brian lives in boonesboro on Je uh and just slightly nearer where my grandmother lives on jesse lane brian is an extraordinarily smart person 
um, very business savvy, um, very involved in the community, somebody who should be taken very seriously for this position, and I hope that he expresses interest and does apply. Brian is a very politically savvy person. Brian and I sometimes disagree on things. Um, Brian is conservative, and you know we have we have somewhat. I guess different tactical styles. Of course, I was a John Boehner guy, unapologetically, I should say. Uh, he wanted to oust the speaker um, and replace him with somebody else. He's not a Romney guy. I think he's a Dr. Ben Carson guy, but I'll give him a slide on that. But Brian is just a fantastic person. I'm also proud to say that Brian is a new Rotarian in our Hagerstown Rotary Club, for which I am a member. And I should say, incidentally, that Neil Parrott is as well. But Brian has been recently inducted. A great choice. Brian has ran the United Way campaign. Uh, he's done a lot of business work in this community. Power Marketing is just a fantastic company um, that is uh, web-oriented, and he – Brian is a very thoughtful person, very smart guy, um, easy to get along with. And I think he would be – if he does apply, the Central Committee I think would take him very seriously. So the next person on my list um, is a former candidate for District 2A is Dave Hanlon. Dave is a personal friend of mine. Uh, Dave ran in the primary and uh, did not succeed in the 2014 uh, uh, District 2 to a primary. Um, Dave did run a strong online t- style campaign. Um, Dave is well known in the community. He uh, wrote for the Herald Mail. Uh, Dave and I sat on uh, the flip side panel together. Dave is very actively involved in the Hagerstown Rotary, for, former Hagerstown Rotary president, and somebody who uh, is influential in um, many civic activities, um, leadership Washington County. Uh, Dave works uh, in the library, um, and he does a lot of consulting work. And Dave is a very smart person, very pragmatic person. Um, Dave could go down and work with both both parties strategically, and I think one of the downfalls Dave could run into is that the Central Committee um, tends to lean very conservative. Not to say that David is, is not a conservative. He is. Certainly he is conservative, but um, when he challenged Neil Parrott in the primary, it seemed as if it was a direct affront, and he sort of got an unfair moniker that he was a liberal Republican which is outlandish. It's false, and he was accused of being a, a squishy Republican, um, and I, I just I, – I reject that, and I think that Dave is a very thoughtful person. And if you remember, he wrote a column for the Herald-Mail, which was very thoughtful. I sat on a panel on the flip side television show on Antietam Cable Channel 30 with Dave, and, and, and I have to say that my passion is education, and Dave understands the education issues incredibly. Dave is very astute when it comes to policy. Dave and I have talked in depth about education policy, um, and he knows what he's talking about, and I think he could be a real asset in Annapolis. So I, I I would imagine that Dave would offer his name forward. He did put his name on the ballot. Dave put Dave decided to run, put his name on the ballot, and he came up short, but any person who gets up off the couch, decides to do something for the community, should get a chance. Should at least give an interv- should at least get an interview by the central committee if he does decide to run. And that's sort of like what happened in Frederick County. Um, Wendy Peters 
in District 4 was not even offered the opportunity for an interview uh, by the Central Committee, which was largely unfair. She ran, and there was there was a, uh, a faction within uh, Frederick County politics, and I don't see that happening in Washington County. Um, most of the Republicans in Washington County, we all get along very well. Um, there might be some stylistic differences, but I think uh, at, at the most, um, we are a an, – an effective group. I mean, we we won the county overwhelmingly for Governor Elect Hogan. We elect Republican members. It's it's a largely Republican county, and I think the Central Committee works very well together. And I think that our Republican club uh, works well. And I, I don't see there's a major internal riff in the party. Um, so that's a, that's one major plus. And I think that Washington County Central Committee members will have paid uh, so much attention to these other races and i my hope is that they do this above board they do this transparently they tell people what's going on there's no backroom deals there's no uh running off to different offices to meet i think that they should do this by the book they should they should conduct this process methodically for the vacancy seat and i think that they have an they have an obligation to the people who elected them not just republicans but also democrats independents Everyone in Washington County, they have an obligation to serve the needs best and pick someone who is a consensus candidate who is going to work for the people and not be a a partisan driver in Annapolis because we have a lot to do this session. We have a budget that is out of control that this governor is going to need to fix, and we have uh, tremendous education responsibilities. We have to make sure that we're funding our schools. Um, we have, you know, I, I, I envision that in the next four years you're going to have some social issues on the docket. But the biggest process going forward in the legislature is how we are going to unravel this massive budget crisis. And we need people who understand finance, who understand business, to work handily with Governor Hogan and their colleagues in the Senate and, and the House of Delegates uh, to fix this problem. Maryland is fiscally unsound we are just driving over a cliff because of the disastrous policies of martin o'malley in the last eight years and we're going to need a candidate and district two that's going to represent the people who will do strong constituent services and who will be who will be available at events in washington county because the job just doesn't stop in annapolis they're going to be busy in the 90-day session coming up but once april once the middle of April is over, I expect to see whomever the Central Committee nominates uh, out in the public, attending community events, supporting Washington County, and being a, a the face of the people. So back to my list of people. We just discussed Dave Hanlon, another person that I really have a lot of personal admiration and trust and just I, – I find this person to be just – an all-around wonderful person, um, my good friend Stu Mollendor, who is the former mayor of Bo- uh, the town of Boonesboro. Stu is in- very involved in Washington County politics. Stu is very involved in the business community, and Stu was recently on the uh, the EDC board w- with the county. Stu is very logical. Stu is one of the smartest men that I have ever met. And Stu is a straight shooter. Stu Mollendor, if you want a friend who tells you the truth to your face, Stu Mollendor is your person. 
And Stu has been uh, in banking. He works for um, Hagerstown Book Printing, um, who I should mention that did my signs uh, for my campaign. And Stu is one of those guys that are just nonstop all the time, always has something on his plate, and just a thoughtful person, a very deep thinker, very, very well respected, and somebody I believe that deserves serious consideration from the Central Committee because Stu knows legislation. He knows the players in Annapolis, and Stu could go down and do great things in Annapolis. And I I might be a little bit biased, but um, Stu, I think, for me, I would love to see Stu Molendor represent uh, this. uh, I would love to see Stu in that position. I just think he's a a fantastic person. His background is – his qualifications are sterling. Um, He's been doing politics. He's been doing business for a long, long time, and Stu knows everybody. If you you come in contact with Stu, Stu's kind of like a – a major figure in politics in Washington County and that if you want to run for something or if you want to do something that involves electoral politics in Washington County, be it you, a Republican or Democrat, you go to Stu Molinor and you say, Stu, what do you think? And Stu will unfailingly tell you to your face what you need to do, how you need to do it, whether you should do it or not. And then after the fact, whether you win or lose, he'll still say you should have listened to Stu. And I, I'm so blessed to have a friend like Stu Molinor. Um, so there's a, a, another interesting name. Um, I have another name in on my list that could be a um, a contender is my good friend uh, and fellow Rotarian Henry House. Um, Henry it ran for the Board of Education. Henry and I collaborated and during the primary, and uh, Henry came up short in the primary, which was very disappointing because Henry is a remarkably smart man. Uh, he has great intentions. Uh, he knows public policy back and forth, um, and Henry is somebody who would be a very deep thinker in Annapolis, somebody who could dissect a piece of public policy, look at it from all angles, and explain it in a way that nobody else could. And I, I say this to the day that – and I deeply stand by this word. Henry House, when he ran for the Board of Education this past term – he was the smartest guy in the race, hands down, and he knew policy. Henry could just take a piece of public policy and also come up with ideas on the spot. I knocked on a lot of doors with Henry in our campaign, and Henry would just rattle off these policy initiatives, and I'm like, how did you come up with that? And he's a, a very methodical, deep thinker across the spectrum, and – I think Henry House should definitely be considered um, if he puts his name into the mix. Um, another person that I should mention who should be on the list uh, is Bill Weibel, William Weibel, who is a current county commissioner and former two-term county commissioner. Bill Weibel lives in the district, and he ran in 2010, gave gave up the county commissioner's seat and instead ran for, uh, for, for the House of Delegates but was defeated in the primary to Andy Serafini, and I believe Denny Stauffer also ran in that race. Bill Weibel is a very well-respected person. Uh, he is a fiscal conservative. He understands fiscal policy as a CPA. Bill would be a formidable candidate if he put his name in, and I look to see that Bill does do that. 
Another person on my list is Ruth Ann Callahan, a former county commissioner. Uh, unfortunately, was defeated in the primary. I I have a deep admiration for Ruth Ann. She's a personal friend, somebody that I trust, somebody who is a very very smart person and somebody who can work across both sides. Um, unfortunately for Ruth Ann, I think that she might run into a problem in that. I uh, and I. I'm hesitant to say this, but the Central Committee, I think, believe that she is uh, a squishy Republican, which she is not, and that might even be unfair to say for Ruth Ann. But uh, Ruth Ann is a very, very bright person, understands public policy, asks a lot of questions, and always has the answer in, in sometimes four to five part in, when, you answer, when you ask her a question. She was an effective county commissioner. Uh, she was at everything when she was a county commissioner and somebody who would really be able to apply her past experiences as a representative. She served on the Washington County Board of Education and in municipal government can bring that to Annapolis and really work for the people because commissioner form of government versus a the, the dichotomy between that and state legislature is somewhat different. But uh, Ruth Ann has a policy mind that she would be able to fundamentally understand issues and work very well with both sides of the aisle. Another person on my list, I, I think Ed, Ed Forrest, who was a the former uh, Board of Education member who recently ran for commissioner and um, was uh, unsuccessful in the Republican primary in June, um, I think Ed may have become a independent and um, – you know, Ed. Ed is a very politically sound, politically smart person, um, policy oriented, and Ed is a is a candid and frank kind of guy. You know, you ask Ed what's on his mind, he'll tell you. So um, I, I don't know if if Ed can run uh, because he's an independent. So I don't. I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with that, um, or if he even wants to do it. The next person on my list um, is my friend, Ted Brennan. Uh, Ted was a candidate in 2010 for the district, and Ted, um, he ran um, in the primary, and it was between him and Neil Parrott, and Neil uh, defeated uh, Ted soundly. But Ted works in Washington. He's a policy guy. Uh, Ted has a very smart political mind, and Ted is a very close personal friend of mine, and Ted and I exchange a lot of ideas, somebody that I trust, somebody who understands policy, somebody who understands finance, and Ted is just an extraordinarily great guy, great character, good man, excellent family man, and I trust Ted wholeheartedly in this position, and if he does run, I think the Central Committee owes him the opportunity to present his um, – Present himself, and just as he did to the voters in 2010. Um, uh, you know, another person I don't think you can discount is Carrie Snyder. Uh, you know, Carrie being the, and, and I know that's my. You know, she's she's a legislative aide to uh, Delegate Parrott, but um, she P Carrie's very involved in the process. She's a uh, a strong female and somebody who is very smart and very capable. Um, so. Here, here's another scenario that could unfold uh, in this delegate, uh, this District 2 vacancy. So if Neil Parrott is the, na the, the candidate, the nominee, the selection 
of the Washington County Republican Central Committee. His name is sent to the governor, and he becomes the new state senator from District 2. Then the Republican Central Committee will have a responsibility to fill Neil Parrott's seat, which the, most of these candidates on the list um, could inevitably run again for – the Central Committee would have the same responsibility of filling Delegate Parrott's seat, and Delegate Parrott's seat could be – could any of these candidates could clearly be on that list that I talked about. Liz Jones could be. Dave Hanlon could be. Henry House. Um, and I forgot to mention one candidate's name uh, in for the state senate position uh, for the vacancy. I, I would be remiss if I did not mention uh, the former mayor of Hagerstown, uh, Bob Brucci, Robert Brucci III. Uh, Bob is an incredibly bright guy. Uh, Bob is a candid, frank, a gifted, gifted uh, political leader, somebody who is a, a very t- close, trusted friend to me. And Bob has served as the mayor of Hagerstown. I, he ran in 2006 um, or it might have been 2002 or 2006. I can't remember the date. He ran for the House of Delegates in the city of Hagerstown and lost. Um, but that territory does cover District 2. Um, Bob would be another very logical choice for the Central Committee. So the Central Committee process will be interesting in that you have to be liked by the Central Committee. So you have to be uh, somebody that can that they can relate to, uh, somebody that they know will be an effective conservative, somebody who they know that will be able to work well with others but stand on their own positions. And this responsibility among these nine members on the Washington County Republican Central Committee, it's going to be a big decision, and they're going to do a lot of deliberating. Uh, I'd imagine them to go through a um, at least two, maybe three rounds of interviews. Um, I, I There's many candidates that I pro- – aren't on this list that will most likely apply. Um, One of the candidates that I hope does apply for the Senate race is Rebecca Fishhack, who is a legislative aide in Annapolis, and I believe she was going to work for Senator Shank in the state Senate this coming session while Liz Jones was back in Hagerstown. Uh, Rebecca, a personal friend of mine, has been around politics for a long time. She was the former chief of staff to Senator Munson when he was in the Senate um, uh, four years ago. Then she worked for Delegate Serafini. Uh, then she worked for – she also worked for uh, Senator David Brinkley who lost in the primary to Senator-elect Michael Huff. So Rebecca Fishak, who is from Smithsburg, uh, very politically involved, smart. Everybody loves Rebecca. If you meet Rebecca, you're, you're going to instantly love Rebecca. Uh, she, if she would put her name into the mix – um, she definitely deserves uh, serious consideration. So, if Parrott is selected, and the Senate, com- the Republican Central Committee um, will have to fill that seat. So, the same names apply. It's going to be a very fluid process. A lot's going to happen within the next few days. Uh, so, pay attention to the newspaper. Um, I would imagine that um, they're going to announce it. I, I, I think. Probably on in the newspaper, and they'll come up with a format, as they said in the newspaper. Uh, they're they're going to come up with a format of how to this process will all work. So, and again, I should stress that this process has to be unequivocally transparent in the public eye. It cannot be done behind closed doors. 
And it can't and I think the candidates who apply, every candidate deserves a fair shake. It shouldn't be just people who are involved in politics should apply. It, it, no, they have to expand the reach. They have to pick a consensus candidate. It cannot be a foregone conclusion, and that should not deter people from applying because they think they have no shot. No, if you're listening to this show and you live in District 2 and it is in your heart to serve this public because you have the experience, you have the background and capabilities and the resume, then by all means, you should get out there and apply and put your name forward and make your case. This should not be just limited to people in politics. Um, one one of the wild cards that I had for this state senate race, and I might be totally off the wall, but Blackie Bowen, uh, Howard Blackie Bowman, is a extraordinarily influential, philanthropical person in Washington County. Somebody who has done a great deal for Republicans, for Washington County as a whole, uh, very civic-minded person, and I think if uh, Blackie would submit an application to fill the Senate seat, um, I think it would be a very, very compelling reason to to give him a serious consideration. Blackie is a, a self-made person, someone who is widely respected um, in all facets of Washington County, uh, just an overall great guy. And I'm, I'm, sh- I'm proud and honored to be a fellow Rotarian with uh, Blackie, and I know his son Taylor uh, pretty well. Uh, but just a, an extraordinarily wonderful and warm uh, and, and gracious family. So if Blackie would decide to run, and like I said, this is just a wild card p- prediction, uh, I'm speculating. So please don't take this as any sort of this is what's going to happen or that in any insider knowledge, but these would be that would be an interesting choice. Um, and as I was saying, the central committee has to have a spokesman, and it could be very well Liz Jones, and they have to be able to explain step by step by step of what is happening, and they have to be accessible. So if someone, a member of the media, a member of the community would reach out to, I, I would assume it would be Steve Shu, who is the current chairman of the Republic, the Washington County Republican Central Committee. Um, they have to be available to answer questions and to speak candidly with people, and and they cannot show even a lick of favoritism. It cannot be any of these backroom deals that we all hate, and it just. It has to be a totally above-board process. Um, I'm looking at the Washington County Republican Central Committee website, and for those of you who do not know, the website, the URL is www.wcmdgop.com, and on the left side of the website, it lists the Central Committee members, the chairman, Stephen Hsu, uh, the, the first vice chair is Seth Wilson, the second vice chair is Mike Everhart. Secretary is Liz Jones. The treasurer is Mary Lee Kearns. And Paul Bannister is a member. Jerry DeWolf, uh, James Warner, and Russ Weaver. Uh, Russ Weaver is a uh, Sharpsburg town councilman, I believe. And um, Jim Warner is a, a very smart man, worked for the NRA, was an attorney, um, a, uh, a, PO, uh, a POW, uh, a great guy, lives in South County. Jerry DeWolf, uh, a member of the Washington County Republican Central Committee, is a one of the hardest-working guys I've seen. He worked on Dan Bongino's uh, congressional campaign, and if you see and if you've been out in politics in Washington County, Jerry was just everywhere, everywhere. Jerry was there with signs, uh, with 
door knocking and when Dan would come into town, Jerry would be uh, right there. And Jerry is the type of energy that the Central Committee needs. He's a young guy. He's a smart guy. And I'm so happy that he is on the Republican Central Committee. I don't know Paul Bannister. I do do. I do know Mary Lee Kearns, uh, who's a very nice person um, and has been involved in Republican politics. Of course, we already m- mentioned Liz Jones. Mike Everhart, I don't know. Uh, Seth Wilson, um, you know, he's a Republican, conservative, and Steve Hsu, uh, the chairman, um, could be, you know, I, I think that these guys have a task at hand, and all these guys are conservative. All of these people on the Central Committee are fair. I believe strongly that they will be able to um, work together to find a consensus candidate, and most importantly is give everybody a fair shake. Um, I, I, you know, we have talked at length um, about this process. And I have to tell you that, you know, watching some of these central committee uh, debacles unfold, um, I was just I was reading Facebook this evening, and I noticed um, a former county commissioner candidate, Democratic candidate Brian Beal. Um, he wrote on Facebook. He said, "This is an interesting development. There's going to be a line of Republicans waiting to get into the Republican Central Committee meeting to advocate why they should be chosen to be the Senate." be Senate Senator Shank's successor. And um, so I'm looking at this thread, um, and Brian made a very interesting comment, uh, and he said that, call me old-fashioned, but I believe that when there are vacant seats, there should be a special election and not hand-picked replacements that are chosen by a select group of people. That goes for both political parties. So Brian is advocating for a special election. Um, which brings me to a very interesting point is that should we be having central – should a select group of body like the Republican Central Committee be selecting a delegate, a senator for the next four years? I mean this is like – this is a late Christmas gift but with a state salary, a pension and benefits and who gets a chance to represent a lot of people. Should – a small body of partisan individuals be charged with that responsibility or should there be a special election where people would have to engage in the campaign process and the candidate who endures that process, who goes out and puts their name on the ballot and puts their convictions to the test, puts their principles to the test, um, should they sh- should that replace the process? And that is an ongoing uh debate for ages in, in, in the state of Maryland, and w- watching some of these other central committees um, operate their process, um, I, I lean very heavily in looking seriously at the possibility of changing the central committee process, the selection process. Not to say that Washington County is going to do anything um, that is shady or uh, behind closed doors or not transparent, but um, – I don't have a whole lot of hope for some of the other counties in, in, in the state of Maryland because they bungled their process, and I, it, it's a mess. Special elections. Should Democrats and Republicans independents be able to run for in a special election to and put their name on a ballot? And it, it would all be very quick, but there's a, definitely a case to be made. Who would run a campaign? If we held a central committee – if the central committee did not choose – 
the next successor to Senator Shank, would people be able to go out and put together a campaign quickly? Some people could because they have the experience, but nonetheless, um, would they be able to go out and do this? Would they even want to? Look, I'm a former candidate. I ran unsuccessfully for the Washington County Board of Education, um, but it, campaigns are a lot of work. It's a lot of stress. It's money. It's a lot, a lot of time. You have no life if you do it right. You knock on, and if you, you know, and if you do decide to run a strategically smart and politically savvy campaign, you're going to go out and do sign weaving. You're going to go out and do door knocking. You're going to run an efficient social media campaign. So there's a lot to consider. If if candidates had to, if candidate, if there was a special election held, would candidate would less candidates jump into the race because of this? And I I I, I stick to my conviction that yes, they probably would. So over the next two days, this is going to be really interesting to watch. Uh, it's going to be interesting, uh, the process to watch. Um, and I should mention that the candidates uh, that, that many people might be thinking of now uh, for the position of state senator or if Delegate Parrott is selected as the, the nominee, um, who could replace them, some people that can't run. Jeff Klein, who is a well-known county commissioner, very actively involved in the community, ran a great campaign, um, is is everywhere, uh, very involved in the community and, uh, and, and different charities throughout Washington County. Jeff is in now the new District 1C, um, and he lives in Williamsport, unless something has changed and I don't know about. Um, Terry Baker, who lives in the Clear Spring area, is in that District 1C. John Barr, if I'm not mistaken, lives in District 1C. And Leroy Myers, a former county commissioner, uh, or excuse me, a former delegate for District 1C, um, and now county commissioner, I, I, lives in, in that seat uh, in District 1C. So four out of the five county commissioners aren't even in Senator Shank's legislative district. Um, I don't know what – if there's going to be any movement, any fluidity. I, I don't know. This is all speculation, but – I know that Jeff Klein is close to Senator Shank, and um, you know I, I know that uh, they all work very well together. And any of those, any of the candidates that I just mentioned, or any of the current county commissioners, would be uh, a great selection. But they don't live in the district, so um, unless the law has changed, I'm pretty sure that they would not. They would be ineligible to be considered for this vacancy. Um, so in the next few days. Keep an eye on the Herald-Mail, maybe WHAG. Um, I will be keeping my ears to the ground and keeping you up to date. So it's going to be an interesting interesting unfolding of events, I should say. Senator Shank, uh, you know, I, I, I'm so happy for him. I think he's going to do a great job. Uh, and I, I think that this administration is going to give Marylanders, and especially Washington County, uh, a new hope. Washington County is going to have a real seat at the table. Uh, in the last eight years, Martin O'Malley has abandoned Western Maryland, has ignored our interest, and you know you would only see him maybe once or twice if it were an election year. And I'm really happy that we have leadership in Annapolis that's that they're going to pay attention to Washington County. Um, 
And the process, let's, let me reiterate once again that it must be above board. I trust the Central Committee. I trust that they are going to give each candidate, each applicant a fair shake, that no candidate should be rejected, um, but they have to have a, a developed criteria. They have to uh, consider each candidate's strengths and weaknesses and make a choice that is going to be truly representative of Washington County, someone that we can send to Annapolis to represent us, to pass quality and pragmatic legislation, to get this budget under control, and somebody who's going to be a thoughtful, philosophical thinker. So with that, I appreciate your time. As always, my name is Ryan Miner. I'm the host of A Minor Detail on blogtalkradio.com slash a minor detail. You can also check out my website at ryanrminer.com. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter at Ryan Miner and Twitter at Ryan R. Minor. Thank you so much and have a wonderful Tuesday evening.